the easy market wrap everything you need to know about the world and your money easy stocks wise september is also generally not the, the greatest of months for the s&p 500 and you generally see uh, a sell off over the last 10 years i think it was down on average 0.3 or 0.4% and then from october onwards and it starts to 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 run a lot stronger obviously into the end of q4 Shoprite, I'll definitely keep a watch and see if it could continue its uh, momentum in the short term. Lastly, I'd say a little bit of a gut feel is uh, Anheuser-Busch. I think it could start to uh, head a bit higher after this consolidation the last while. I see Deutsche Bank also came out and they increased their, their target price today. But uh, one thing that I would be staying away from is uh, commodities at the moment, just with everything that's happening. Welcome to Easy Desert, a podcast by Easy Equities, where we simplify money and investing. No jargon, no complications. Your cool guide to investing. Easy. <laughs> Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does a Podcast, your cool guide to investing. My name is DJ At Large. It's our monthly Easy Market Wrap. And once again, we welcome our financial market Sangoma and commentator JD Brayton Buck, a man with almost a decade of financial markets experience. He's a solutionist thinker, a sportsman, a dog lover, and a senior trader at Purple Group. He's here to answer some of your burning investment questions and tell us what on earth is happening in the markets. JD, welcome back to the Easy Does It podcast, brother. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. I always talk about you being a, a sportsman. Uh, what, what type of sports are you into, man? Just I've done a little bit of everything. Eh? <laughs> when I was in high school, I used to do a lot of swimming. Swam for Western Province, uh, did water polo. I think everything that had to do with uh, something in the in the pool. Yeah, so before we get into, uh, you know, the easy market wrap, I've got a random money question for you, man. I was wondering earlier on this week, what's that one share or ETF that you regret selling or not buying more of? I think probably beginning of this year uh, was MediClinic. I wanted to get involved there. I missed it. And uh, subsequently, it, it rallied quite strong. But to be dead honest, I don't really have many regrets from, from the equity and ETF point of view. I'd say it more comes from trading CFDs because, uh, you know, whenever you think to yourself, oh, no, this stock is a little bit too expensive. It shouldn't be trading here. Let me just put on a small little short. And usually that small short becomes a big mess later down the line. Um, so, <laughs> so I've had to learn, um, yeah, the, the hard way not to, to follow my compulsion there. But I think from a longer term uh, perspective as well, I think uh, definitely one of my regrets is in 2019, I uh, moved over from being very exposed in the equity market to follow a much more conservative approach for like my RAs, my TFSAs and everything. So I guess the benefit was that, you know, I didn't have the massive drawdown in the beginning of 2020 with uh, COVID, but also I didn't participate in very much of the upside from there. But, you know, to be dead honest, it doesn't really worry me that much because, uh, I mean, you are looking for the long term. And also, I'm very happy with the positioning at the moment where, where we are in the market. I mean, I, I don't personally see us shooting the lights out also don't see us really collapsing down to zero so i think we're going to go sideways for the next while so i'm very happy to to be positioned that way Mm, interesting so let's get into the equities uh, market Uh, so jd let's rewind back to last month august 2022 did anything significant happen in the equities market both locally and globally so I think it was quite a, a wild month. Um, I mean, the markets did close down. S&P, 
I think it closed down almost 4% and we were almost trading up 4% at one point in the month. So you can see it was definitely a trader's market, a lot of volatility coming through. NASDAQ, NASDAQ closed down 5.17%. Uh, the JC All Share closed down just over 2%. Your FTSE 100 from the in the UK closed down 1.74%. Uh, your Eurostox 50 also closed down. They they took some shots down just also just over five percent there. Uh, earnings wise, uh, the US market also wrapped up their earnings last time we chatted. Uh, they were in the midst of it, so they've managed to finish up. So I've got a couple of stats um, from from the earnings there. So 78% of the shares have printed positive sales growth, 62% of them have printed positive earnings growth. But in the markets, you don't really want to just look at historic increases. You want to kind of understand what the street thinks, what the market thinks, what the analysts are, their expectations per se. When it comes to the analyst expectations, you know, this is where the mispricings happen. This is where you can pick up uh, stocks at good discounts and whatnot. So from a surprise perspective, 75.2% uh, of the companies printed better than expected earnings. So, I mean, that is quite robust going forward. Looking back at the long-term average of only 61.8, it does show that like irrespective of the global macro picture, inflation, the war in Ukraine, the supply chain challenges, uh, earnings have been rather resilient this last while, which is a good sign. But I think everyone is keeping a very, very uh, close eye on our Q3 US earnings that's going to come through because then you're going to most probably see the knock on effects of the strong dollar and maybe everything coming through to the forefront. We also had Jackson, Jackson Hole uh, from the 25th to the 27th of August. And that's pretty much subsequently where we saw most of the selling happening. The reasoning on the back of it was they came out and said that uh, they're going to do whatever it takes in, in order to, to curb this inflation issue that we're having. And I think a lot of people were worrying that Powell was going to channel his inner, inner Volker and become awfully hawkish. Thinking about last month, uh, you know, August was a bit of a mixed bag, to be quite honest. Are the big investment global themes uh, and macroeconomic factors that we discussed quite a lot last month, are those still in effect? Are they still uh, having having a bit of a punch in the market? Yeah, 100%. I think it's still very similar to, to last time. We still got the inflation, we've got the central banks, and I mean, how are they going to react to the, the deluge of data that's been coming their way? Uh, we've seen that uh, the Fed has had a very, very hawkish stance the last while. Basically, what that means is that uh, the Fed is prioritizing lowering inflation and they'll likely raise interest rates despite the potential you know, uh, loss of uh, American jobs and obviously the knock-on effects thereof. Uh, we've also seen some record interest rate increases in the last few weeks globally within all the major central banks. And I think everyone's keeping a very, very close eye on the next big uh, Fed meeting. I mean, today we had our CPI print that came out and the markets actually uh, also didn't take that one very well. CPI year on year, the uh, estimates was 8.1% and it actually came in 8.3%. And um, yeah, I mean, like I said, the market's uh, trading tra trading down quite, quite a bit at the moment. I guess if you have to still just look at the the US market, I mean, relatively speaking, uh, US market is still uh, a lot stronger than, I mean, the global peers. I mean, if you look, I mean, their, their GDP growth isn't as strong, but then also the inflation figures 
is a, a lot better than the rest. I mean, compared to the likes of the Eurozone and whatnot. Yeah, now bringing it back home, uh, I'm very curious about some of uh, South African companies. So were there any major results that uh, recently came out? Maybe the likes of Discovery, ShopRite. Uh, what's happening in terms of some of our local companies? Sure, 100%. So from Discovery side, the life insurance provider reported earnings, I think it was on the 7th of September. Uh, their earnings came pretty much in lower by 20.94% than estimates. Their, their EPS came in lower. Uh, their revenue was down 23.23%, also lower than estimates. So the market didn't really react very well to those results. And uh, the stock subsequently sold off about 10%. But however, looking at the average analyst 12-month target price that's uh, on Bloomberg, it's showing that the average price between all the analysts, uh, they're indicating they look at about 186 on the stock. So that's about 67% away from the previous close. And all three analysts that are covering the stock all recommend buys. I see JP Morgan also came out, uh, I think it was today, with a research note affirming that they were still bullish and they remain overweight on Discovery, but they have, however, lowered their target price from 190 to 170. At the moment, just skimming through the earnings, you can see the, the market's definitely watching the bank, Ping Ang, and uh, you know, to see if the divvy is going to be reinstated. Uh, look at the bank, they're currently sitting with about 470,000 accounts. And to get a bank, you know, at break even, you need between 600 to 700,000 accounts. So, I mean, you know, we, we all know Discovery's track record as well. I mean, they're a proven financial services disruptor. So I guess only time will tell there. On ShopRite's side, uh, ShopRite's earnings came out on the 6th. Uh, market also, however, didn't like their print. Uh, the stock opened around 6% down on the day with concerns around operating margin deterioration and closed around 7% down. Uh, but subsequently, the price has rebounded back to those pre, just like pre-earnings levels. EPS came in, so your earnings per share came in 5.46%, which was lower than estimates. Revenue came in 2.04% higher than estimates. Uh, the divvy that they declared for the full year, however, is up 10%. I see JP Morgan also came out and upgraded them through to neutral. The biggest growth, however, we've seen is uh, on the liquor stores. So you can see South Africans have definitely been... Um, enjoying a good few beers here or there. Um, <laughs> analyst targets, uh, they're sitting 62.5% of the analysts are currently calling ShopRite as a buy, 12 and a half uh, as a hold, and 25% of them have it as a sell, with your average 12 month uh, analyst targets uh, sitting at 254 bucks roughly, which is about 10% from, from the current uh, trading levels that we got. You know, added to which, uh, after earnings, it's always nice to see uh, someone that's close to the action or actually wants to have a, that actually has a vested interest in the company step up to the plate, especially if there's been a sell-off. And we saw Christo Visa's company, Turama, come in and buy 224 million rands worth of ShopRite futures. Uh, so yeah, I mean, then subsequently, it's, it's been rocking since then. On the local front as well, we had MassMart. Um, so I mean, yeah, on, on the retail side. Uh, Walmart basically came out and said that they're looking to purchase out the entire minority stake and we saw the price jump from about 40 bucks a share to 60 on the back of that news and I mean if you think about it Walmart taking MassMart private you know you've got this massive balance sheet coming from one of the the global behemoths that can only bode very well for the company especially with the international and uh, online retail 
you know, competition that's going on at the moment. I'm hearing opportunity, opportunity, opportunity. But let me slow down, JD, because most of the time we're told that when it comes to investing, it's about timing the market. And I'm not so sure. So I want to know from you, JD, uh, when it comes to investing, is it all about timing the market or time spent in the market? So this is a tough one. It all depends on what school of thought you sit at. Uh, personally, I've always been a little bit contrarian whether it comes to uh, investing or trading or everything in the market. But I personally got a view that it's about 70-30. So 70% time in the market versus about 30% of time in the market. So you know what they say, like you need to have a ticket in order to win. So if you're not sitting in the market, you're not really gonna reap any of the rewards. But at the same time, you also need to be quite clever about it. You know, you need to wait for those right opportunities where the market is gonna be selling off 10, 15, 20%. That's where you're gonna look to pick up and increase and increase exposure and, you know, try and actually get a better, better bit of an average price for your investment. But uh, at the same time, you also don't wanna be sitting like 100% in cash. I think probably the best way to look at it is uh, you want to invest with the majority of your cash. Cash, you wanna keep uh, dollar cost averaging, which is basically a fancy way of saying that you're gonna be constantly adding to your investment every month. And then you wanna keep some cash at hand that when these prices do fall, you can pick up um, you know, your, your big ETFs, your Satrix Worlds, your uh, Satrix 500s, all of those at, uh, and obviously your stock counters too, at uh, much, much better prices. Yeah, I'm loving those tips that you're sharing. Uh, JD, I want us to switch it up a bit and talk a bit about cryptocurrency. Uh, has anything significant uh, happened in the world of crypto? Yeah, so funny enough, this morning I saw some news hit the tape. Uh, Fidelity, so they're weighing a plan that's basically going to allow individual investors like uh, ourselves to trade Bitcoin on their brokerage platform. Uh, Fidelity launched their Bitcoin trading business back in 2018, but focused mainly on their institutional clients, so their hedge funds, etc. Uh, but they're now looking to open this up to their 34.4 million brokerage accounts that they've got at the moment. Uh, we've also got Ethereum, which has been lagging Bitcoin quite a bit as of late. I mean, we've only got two days before that critical software update actually goes through. Uh, basically, I mean, it's just made, trying to make things a lot more energy efficient. But either way, you know, when the news was announced, uh, we saw quite a strong rally there. The only thing that I'm a bit worried about is that it could be a buy the rumor, sell the fact. Uh, situation yeah uh, jd as a fellow gamer um i know excitement is is building around uh, comic-con africa it's getting closer and closer uh, how significant is crypto in the gaming and uh, esports space so i'm not much of a gamer myself um but i think if you have a look at uh you know the correlation between crypto and esports and comic-con and whatnot I think it basically boils down to the demographic. So, I mean, the, the people that are going to be investing in the likes of crypto and whatnot are, you know, your males the age of 18 to 35 who are quite tech savvy and spend quite a bit of their time online. Um, and I think there's a lot of um, cross-pollination between between that and your, um, your your gaming and esports space. Now, back to equities real quickly, JD. Uh, which local uh, and perhaps even international stocks or asset classes should we be watching over the next coming uh, weeks and why? So I'm definitely going to keep a close eye on Brent crude. I mean, over the last two months, we've just been chopping sideways from like the 90 to the $100 range. Gold also uh, from a seasonality basis, generally over the next couple of months, just before December, it's generally quite weak and only then does it start to catch a, catch a bit of a bid and running into you know, your uh, December, January, February. 
Stocks-wise, September is also generally not the, the greatest of months for for the S&P 500. And you generally see uh, a sell-off over the last 10 years. I think it was down on average 0.3 or 0.4%. And then from October onwards, and it starts to, to, to run a lot stronger, obviously into the end of Q4. Uh, ShopRite, I'll definitely keep a watch and see if it could continue its uh, momentum in the short term. Lastly, I'd say a little bit of a gut feel is uh, Anheuser-Busch. I think it could start to uh, head a bit higher after this consolidation the last while. I see Deutsche Bank also came out and they increased their, their target price today. But uh, one thing that I would be staying away from is uh, commodities at the moment, just with everything that's happening. I saw an interesting little quote floating around on Twitter the other day. Apparently, Peter Lynch said that. He said, buying a cyclical after several years of record earnings when the P.E. ratio has hit a low point is a proven method for losing half your money in a short time. <laughs> so, J.D., thank you so much as per normal uh, giving us that market wrap and for throwing the financial market bones. Uh, for looking back and for looking forward. Thank you so much, J.D. Perfect. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for pressing play on the Easy Does It podcast. A big shout out to you for hanging out with us. Don't don't forget to subscribe. We are on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think of this episode on Twitter and Insta. Our handle is at Easy Equities.